In a world of iconic riffs, immortal solos, the highest notes, and the most guttural growls, the debate of the greats has raged on for decades. And we settle them here. This is the Great Metal Standoff. Thank you very much, voice server guy. Ladies and gentlemen of the rock and roll, punk, frog, hardcore, thrash, and heavy metal community. My name is Jason Evans, and this is The Great Metal Standoff, the podcast that pits music's greatest albums in track-by-track track combat. Now, this battle. <sighs> this battle. This one is something else. On a micro scale, it didn't take long for Black Sabbath to return to the arena, but on a larger scale, the Black Sabbath that we'll be talking about will be in celebration of one of heavy metal's godfathers, and perhaps one of the greatest singers of all time, Ronnie James Dio. But as many know, Dio is a well-travelled individual, so how do we celebrate this phenomenal talent? Well, I think I have the perfect opponent. Holy Diver. The album that Ronnie James Dio is probably most remembered for. So that begs the question, which Dio-led album rocks harder? Today, we will be pitching the Sabbath album Heaven and Hell, the 1980 album that injected a brand new found life into the band following the firing of Ozzy Osbourne in 1979 and the shining beacon of hope that was Ronnie James Dio. And we're going to put that against his first solo release after leaving Black Sabbath, 1983's Holy Diver. When I brought this battle to my team at Mosh Pit on Sin to pitch, my Metal Hour co-host Imran jumped at the idea immediately. But we did need a third head in the debate. Joining Imran and I will be a die-hard Ronnie James Dio fan out in the local Melbourne music scene. His name is Daniel Cesarini, and he is the bass player for a local Melbourne band called Table and Chairs. Their music, for me to describe to you, is a bit tricky to define. So we'll ask Daniel about it, and all things Table and Chairs, and learn everything that they're about, and what kind of music they have out and available now. But before we do, as usual, here are the boundaries in how we work out a winner. Number one. Every album battle will be contested in track-by-track track format by our podcast panel. Each individual panellist will select a winner of each pairing. The winning track receives a point to the individual's tally score. Tracks on albums that go uncontested can receive a tally point if a podcast panellist awards it a gold star. Once the battle is over, the album with the highest tally score will receive one grand point, that album. If a panellist tally score results in a draw, both albums will receive half a grand point each. And of course, last but certainly not least, the album with the most grand points will be declared the winner. And with that, it is time to celebrate the greatness of Ronnie James Dio and somehow, somehow pick a winner between two masterpiece albums, Heaven and Hell and Holy Diver. And, you know, even as I speak to you now, I have no idea how this result is going to go. We've had instances where we have had draws in the past. This this specific battle is one where I'd be the least surprised if it ends up being the case. But let's see if we can find a winner. <laughs> 
roll the audio. So, Imran, welcome back to the Coliseum. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to be back. It's, I've been waiting for this one for a while. You jumped for joy when I pitched this idea too. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I just, I was so excited. And ever since then, I've just been excited to, this is two of my favorite bands back from when I was 12. Just pure nostalgia. A pure nostalgia trip for Imran here. Well, we did need a third person to join us in the debate. And we've decided to get a very talented bass player from a local Melbourne band by the name of Table and Chess. His name is Daniel Cesarini. Daniel Cesarini, welcome to the Great Melbourne. How's it going? Hey, hello. You holding up well? I'm doing all right, you know, as well as, you know, the average average person is in such times. Yeah, we're still but, stuck uh, yeah. in isolation, aren't we? Have you been holding up? Yep, been, oh, look, you know, it's not, not the best, but, you know, we've got technology like Zoom that can keep us all together, I guess, which, you know, helps. Um, I'd love to be in rehearsal rooms practicing with other guys at the moment. Um, oh, tell me about it. Unfortunately, that can't happen. But, uh, you know, it won't be forever. So, When was the last time you were in a studio practicing with the band? Oh, oh man, I don't know. Um, might have even been a week before we went back into lockdown, I guess. Or maybe even longer than that. So I, can't, would... I actually can't recall. I'm starting to forget. That's, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the main the days are yeah. blurring it a little into one, aren't they? The days are starting to blur, definitely. You know, yeah. definitely. I, I definitely had that feeling on the second wave of lockdown. I was quite enjoying isolation for the first month, but after, you know, maybe after three months of it, it's yeah, it's starting to blur into one. But hey, we got yeah. we got a mm. we got a incredible debate to talk about today. But before we do that, we I, I do want to talk table and chairs a little bit. How long has this project been a thing? Um, I think the inception of the band might have even been before I was involved. Um, I think it probably started with Dan, who plays guitar, and, and Joel, who sings. Uh, so I think those two probably started it off together. Um, and then along came Pat on drums. And then I think they added Mark on keys. And then I was the last one to join on bass. And I reckon that was, I mean, I want to say the tail end of 2017, but it might be 2000, like early 2018. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. At, at least we've got at least two years under our belt, minimum, but probably over two years. And within those two years, you were managed to release your first ever EP. And by the way, a couple of weeks ago on Mosh Pit on Sin, I did a, a Mosh Pit EP party night, which was just two hours of as much music as I could put. And on your EP, I played the song Unemployment. And Imran, when I to- when I let Imran know that you were coming on the show, he sent me the message of, bro. I was just thinking that that bass in the song Unemployment sounds effing amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's, word that's, for word. You know, that's a very kind thing to say. Uh, yeah. That humbles me to hear that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. The, Got to recognize you know, good bass playing when you can. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm happy to hear that, you know, Unemployment got uh, some, some airtime as well. That's, that's pretty cool. Um. I, I'm really interested because you told me before that you pretty much only listen to metal. What um yeah. what inspired I mean, you, know, you guys yeah. to Yeah, well I mean, yeah, metal seems to be your favorite. Generally what inspired speak. you guys to to take the direction of like more chilled out, like psychedelic pop bluesy kind of stuff? Um, it was it was mostly um a matter of that's sort of as I mentioned before, I was actually like the last to join. 
Um, it was sort of a matter of that's kind of what the guys had going already. And then I sort of just came in and um, I was just, you know, it was for me, it was just a matter of like, how can I fit into this um, band that plays sort of, as you said, sort of mostly chilled out kind of alternative rock sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just did whatever came naturally to me on the bass. Um, uh, yeah. So it was, it was not so much a conscious decision for me to be like, wow, I don't want to do a metal project. I want to do something chilled out. It was just kind of, that's kind of what it already was. And when I sort of um, came on board to the project, I uh, just sort of fit into that, that style. Is that how you define um, the table and chairs sound alternative rock, that kind of feel? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's probably the best way I could sort of define it, I, I guess. Um, yeah. I'd say it's probably just like an alternative rock kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I get those vibes as well. It's yeah. Yeah. I, I find you guys it from the sounds of it, you guys take a lot from like classic, um, classic rock, like the doors and like Pink Floyd in a sense, like they, those kind of bands. Yeah. You, yeah. Your I, singer I was, really reminds me yeah. of Jim Morrison as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd say, uh, I agree with that actually. I agree with that assessment. Um, I think the, the guys take a lot of, um, inspiration from, um, uh, Kieran J. Callanan as well. Um, who's a Australian artist. They take a lot of, they, they, I mean, they're influenced by a variety of things as well. I'm trying to remember some of the other things that the guys listen to, but um, yeah, there's definitely a classic rock uh, aspect to it as well, for sure. Well then, uh, as mentioned, uh, they have an EP out just by the name of Table and Chairs, eight songs on it, eight songs or seven, I can't quite remember. Um, I think there might be seven. Okay, well, there we go. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm the guy who probably should have done the research and got the definitive number. So apologies, man. For my hey, man, if I'm there. on the old man. I don't know the number. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so just from the, num- the numbers, just from the tracks that you do remember, do you have a favourite off that EP? Um, definitely Fiend in the Teen. Um, right. It's, it's probably oh, my favourite too. Yeah, it's well, I'm, I'm glad to hear it because it's, it's probably the one that no one comes up to me and says that was a good track. Everyone mentions, if they come up to me and compliment me on the album, they'll say um, uh, Unemployment or um, uh, Here's Sweetest Thing on Burke Street, which is sort of the last, is the last song. It's a bit of a ballad. Um, a lot of people really like those tracks, but for me, Fiend of Teen is the best song and... No one, no one, uh, no one ever mentions that that's, that's their favorite, but it's my favorite. So um, there you go. Oh, well, now you've got someone else who said it's their favorite. Yeah, I've got, yeah I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, when I listened to Unemployment, because I've seen you guys live, when I heard Unemployment, I started thinking Happiest Days of Our Lives by Pink Floyd. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> That's that an, that yeah, bass build can, up that you have in that, that track, yeah, it reminded me. Yeah. Yep. So when I hear it, I think when we grew up and went to school, there was certain teachers. Yeah, yeah. definitely. A big part of my me getting into music in the first place was Pink Floyd um, and The Wall, the album The Wall, which has those what an album. happiest days of our lives on, on that. I've got, a, I've got a poster yeah. of that album somewhere up on my wall. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's, good good. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing album, um, especially considering how long ago it was made. It's still... Still sounds pretty good as well. So, mm. well, perhaps we could have him run and Daniel back for a Pink Floyd episode sometime down the line. But also, sure. you have we have Table Chairs, a self-titled EP available now. But you also have new music coming up, don't you, Daniel? Yes. Yep, we do. Uh, there's a couple of promos on the Facebook page for a new single. Uh, it's called "I Still Need You," 
and it is coming out on July the 30th. Sweet. Yeah, if, if you watch the promos, you get a little, like, I think you get like a 10 second preview of the song or something like that. So, yeah. I must admit, the description of keep your eyes fat is something I've never heard uh, used as a way of garnering attention, <laughs> but there you go. Yeah, I, I, I think that's Mark. I think that's Mark, the keyboard player. I think that's his... Um, right. His friend. I think, I think. <laughs> Keep your eyes fat. I'm going to say using that for Keep your eyes fat, yeah. I've, I've been thinking that too, everyone. <laughs> okay. Well, now we've got the admin out of the way. It is time to put Heaven and Hell against Holy Diver on the Great Metal Standoff. This specific battle, guys, I've been conflicted for days on what my what the winners are going to be here. I oh, have... tell me about it. No I'm clue. Still, I still haven't decided. I'm still struggling right now. Daniel, are you in the similar boat? Uh, I absolutely have a concrete answer. You have a concrete Ooh. answer? And it's not Damn. close. Right. Okay. Before you came with your concrete answer, at the beginning of the process, yeah. did you yeah. have an inkling or did you have a leaning to which album might have came up on top before you began? Blank slate. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, without saying what my choice is, pretty much when you presented uh, the idea of the episode to me, um, I knew what was, well, I knew what I was going to pick straight away okay. i'm very intrigued now yeah all right so heaven and hell it was the first we're celebrating uh ronnie james dear phenomenal singer and one of the godfathers yep. of heavy metal this was the first album he did under the black sabbath this was also their first album since ozzy osbourne got fired in 1979 after a how would you call the final years of ozzy osbourne in black sabbath interesting very interesting i i haven't listened to much of it but from what I have heard, interesting. Uh, terrible. Terrible. I would say. <laughs> but, take. Um, yeah, pretty much. And you're, you're, you know, I'm a huge Black Sabbath fan. I absolutely love them. Pretty much love all the eras of the band. Um, but that late period with uh, Ozzy Osbourne, um, Technical Ecstasy, and Never, Never Say, say Die. die. Um, no, I mean, look, it's pretty much just those two albums that I think are bad. I think Sabotage was Sabotage great. Sabotage is a good album. And that's probably the last great Ozzy Osbourne album, which, which means that they only did two, two albums that I think are, are bad. Yeah, um, okay. I reckon there's a hidden gem or two on there, like Backstreet Kids or uh, Johnny Blade. I reckon there's still, they're hidden gems. Well, uh, I can tell you that there is definitely, I will recognise a hidden gem on technical ecstasy, uh, yep. which is it's all right, which okay. is sung by uh, Bill sung by Bill Ward. Yeah, so okay. that, that's I'll, yeah. I'll admit that's a hidden gem. Yes. So as we know, Black Sabbath went through a little bit of a slump in the final years. Ozzy he ended up getting fired. He went on to have a terrific solo career, but when it came to Sabbath in the eighties, they brought on Ronnie James Dio, and they released Heaven and Hell, which was an injection of a brand new life into the band, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it's like a it's a new sound for them, and just a new. It was just new for them. It was it's crazy. Almost sounded like a whole new band in a way, um, mm. and that was just totally yeah. You're right. Breathe new life into the band for sure. And of course, that stint did not last very long because uh, it was a two year stint, wasn't it? They only did about two albums together, maybe. A yeah, of they stuff. did two albums, uh, Heaven and Hell and The Mob Rules, and yeah, after that, I think Dio left, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, he left. Yeah, just did his own thing after that. And boy, Absolute oh boy, what that, 
new thing oh, was. Yeah. So this was Insane. his yeah, this was his first album as a solo artist, Holy Diver, the opponent of Heaven and Hell tonight, and seriously, it is really tough to decide. It's gonna be very tough to decide. I, I'm with you, man. I, I'm i I'm I'm just gonna decide as I go along. I, I've given up. Yeah. Uh, All right. Begrudgingly, because both of these are terrific, phenomenal masterpiece albums. Begrudgingly, the three of us are going to try and decide on a winner right now, and we have to do it in the traditional great metal standoff way. And that is gesture over to our timekeeper in isolation, who is nodding, but I can't see his face. His hood's over his head, and it's a bit concerning. But anyway, timekeeper, ring the bell, please. All right, as always, we begin track one versus track one. Neon Knights versus Stand Up and Shout. Already, I'm conflicted. How about you guys? Man, I, uh, they're both great tracks. Stand Up and Shout, I, I, I'm going to start with that just now. Let me just say, the bass in that song, oh my God, it just hits you. I, like, I don't know about you guys, but it, I, I'm a sucker for a good bass line, and that song has a good bass line. Look, Stand Up and Shout. It's a good track. Very, in fact, I would even go and say it's a very good track, very good album opener because, you know, it kicks you into gear. It's quick. But I think everything that's good about Stand Up and Shout is better in Neon Nights. That was going to be my next point. Is how. Uh, Neon Nights. Well, do you, you want to do the honors? Yeah. Uh, yeah, all right. Okay. Well, you know, um, you mentioned the bass in Stand Up and Shout. It's very good. It's good. But the bass in Neon Knights is absolutely fantastic. Um, oh, yeah. Geezer Butler on bass for Black Sabbath. Yep. Just going crazy on that song. And overall, um, just the, the production, the sound, the guitar tone, Neon Knights just has it. I think Dio's performance is stronger on, on Neon Knights as well. I think Neon Knights... Um, is a is like the perfect opener for the for this new age of Black Sabbath that they've brought in because this is like this has gone from Black Sabbath that fronted by Ozzy Osbourne, which is like a sludge uh, like blues like doom metal band to power metal, and they've just they've just hit you in the face with it, and especially just like my favorite part of the song by far is the chorus when it's just a like they just kick off into like the like soaring vocals and it's just guitar and Dio's just going like it's that like big fucking scream and sorry I just swore there yeah just I this song just gets me excited I I love this song so much I there's something about it that it just makes me want to run it like just talking about it right now just I've got adrenaline pumping through me just thinking about it my view was that Neon Knights was more of that cruising opener kind of like uh, easing your way through into this whole new experience that is Dio-led Sabbath, where Stand Up and Shout was straight to the point and had that punchy kind of thing. And mm. originally I was going to go Stand Up and Shout because Neon Knights was kind of like that cruising intro and I kind of liked the big punch in the face at the very beginning. And that's why I'm actually taking Dio. Stand Up and Shout is a... I, I do really... That song has a great solo... I, I will admit that's that's like a face melting yeah. guitar solo in that, and there's some great vocal work in it. The one thing that puts me off is that the the chorus when he when he says stand up and shout, that um it sounds really menacing. Kind of doesn't make me want to stand up and shout. Right. Yeah. I, I get a little bit scared when he when he sings that song. 
Not that it's not amazing. It's a great song, but I love the irony Neon Knights that, just does it better. I love the irony that both of these songs were the last out, uh, songs written for the the respective albums. Really? Yeah, that's that was that, one that, that thing I found makes, on the fun fact sheet. Sense. How so? Yeah, I, I, well, I reckon it kind of makes sense because Neon Knights is this sort of and Sent Up and Shout too. You know, they're both sort of like straightforward uh, rock. You know, quick fast pace, you know, just, um, you know, big rockin' opener, open tracks, you know, opener tracks. Um, and I feel like that's sort of, you know, especially in Neon Knight's case, kind of reminds me of Paranoid from the Black Sabbath um, yeah, Paranoid album. Yeah, I can hear that. Um, and that, that song was the last song written for that album. Well, I think it was just written in the studio, like, really sort of quickly. Um, yeah, that was a song they, they didn't intend for that to be, like, on the album, wasn't it? And then they yeah, I, I think it was kind of they, as a single. Yeah, they sort of just did it. I think they sort of just did mm. it in the studio, maybe even to fill space on the album. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but um, I know it was. Sort I, of I've heard the same thing. Yeah, album. yeah. Um, and I feel like yeah, it sort of makes sense that maybe Neon Knights was sort of the last one, you know. And you know, stand up and shout. I guess it's a, it's a different band, but um, you know, it could be a could be a bit of a trend, you know. Right. So am I am I right in saying that both Daniel and Imran are giving their opening point to heaven and hell? Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Interesting. Well, uh, I'm neon nights too good. Interesting. Stand up and shout just from a pace and the fact that it grabbed me bef- earlier than neon nights did. That's where my point lies. But I have flip flopped in between both at some point before <laughs> going on air. In the meantime. This one really, really bugs me. Children of the Sea versus Holy Diver. I still don't know what to pick between these two. Oh, boy. Any other song, any other song on Heaven and Hell, Holy Diver would have won hands down. Maybe with the exception to the title track, but Children of the Sea could probably feasibly take this song on. I There's something about Holy Diver that, it, like... As as amazing of a song as Children of the Sea is, there's something about Holy Diver that I think just, I you know what I think it is? It's the guitar solo in Holy Diver. Is that that's what kicks it over the edge a little bit for me? Is it? I don't know. There's something about it. It's just the groove, the it like the especially the intro of like it's just a minute long of just this weird keyboard synth stuff. Kind of sounds like a big big red horror movie. Freaking love it. But yeah, it's just got it's. It's got the groove to it. It's got the kick and kick ass riff, groovy as hell. It's just classic Dio vocals. It's just powerful. It's yeah. soaring, and that guitar solo just kicks it for me. I, I, I don't know. There's something about it. So it sounded like it was a bit more of an easier choice for you, Imran. You're just going to take Holy Diver anyway. Oh no no no! Don't no. That was definitely Ooh. not an easy choice. Foreshadowing. Uh, Children of the Sea. Yeah, Children of the Sea is an amazing song. It's, it is. It's catchy. It's it's got everything. It's got. I love the uh, the intro at the start. Kind of sounds medieval, with the the acoustic guitar. It's got some nice bass at the start as well. It is fantastic um, that. And then when it cuts back yeah. to it, around about three minutes in, oh, it's heavenly. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, especially at the end, I love the part where he's like, "Look out, turn it, turn it." That oh, that part's so good. Iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Iconic moment. Or just the moment when it hits the chorus and that guitar riffs hits and then just Dio soaringly singing, we're lost children. I'm not even going to try yeah. and do the impression, but 
<laughs> we're lost children of the sea. It's uh, Can you see my conundrum, Daniel? Uh, I can see it. I can understand it. But I cannot claim to have faced it. Really? For me, oh. this one was another no contest. Gosh, um, how? Uh, well, I mean, do you, do you know which one I, I'm going for? Which one? I, I really don't. I'm going Children of the Sea is, is my wow. preferred. And, there's, and it's not close. I, I, I think Children of the Sea is an absolutely masterful track. Um, probably I would rank it amongst my top 10, if not my top five Black Sabbath songs of all time. Wow. So are you um, saying, wait, are you saying you don't like Holly Diver, the song? I'm not saying I don't like Holly Diver. I'm just saying I like Children of the Sea infinitely more. Um, okay, to me, Children of, Children of the Sea just, it has a dynamic range that, you know, it, it, it almost hadn't been seen in a Black Sabbath song to that point. Um, obviously, I mean, there's a couple that had sort of gone on, the, you know, had that sort of dynamic range, but this is the one that did it the best up until that point for the for the band. Um, right. Acoustic guitars, um, you know, sort of really intricate bass lines, um, then going into heavy riffs, soaring vocals from Dio, um, just some of the best production, best performances on any Black Sabbath song ever. Um, I, I think the lyrics are iconic. I think everything about this song is iconic. And cast your minds back to 2013, maybe when I first decided to listen to this album. Mm-hmm. Might even might even be 2012. Um, Children of the Sea was the song where I'm like, "Yep, this this is good." So you know, I'm I'm very nostalgic for it and that. Um, but not gonna say that Holy Diver is a bad song because that's just sacrilege it's an absolutely <laughs> iconic song metal necessity iconic riff and, you know absolutely yeah. anyone you're a metal who, fan and you don't like you don't like holy diver you're not a metal fan like, well, that's yeah. a bit much. <laughs> it's that simple yeah. that's that you know yeah but no, um, no, I, I, think, I think if you're if you're a, if you're a classic old school metal fan then you have to like yeah holy diver yeah, yeah. definitely can i give holy diver one drawback it's one drawback Ooh. and this is this is the one thing that really, this is what's conflicting me so much. Holy Diver, Dio's most iconic song, not going to lie. That atmospheric intro goes on for a bit too long. Yeah. Yep. I'll give you that. I think, I think that's its one drawback. I think I, I think I wrote down on the notes, it goes for one minute 20 before the song starts. You yeah. could have gone too long. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. You could have gone 20 seconds. Oh, even, yeah, even, even less. Even oh, 10. But uh, the I'll thing agree is with it, that. Yeah, yeah uh, it just it creates an atmosphere. It like it it really I think sets up the song quite nicely. It, it does think, go I, for long, but I didn't think. Uh, it I, did. I think I, you know I, I think you can do it. I, I look. I, I agree. It created an atmosphere, but I think the atmosphere it created could have been established in fifteen seconds. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Rather than a minute. Fair enough. If I think of sort of. Um, synthesizers or keyboard intros to metal songs. I think um, Ozzy Osbourne, Mr. Crowley is a much better example. Uh, yeah. of, okay. of how well, that, that's because that one's yeah. melodic. That's that. Exactly. There's more, that's, more that's melody. Song more in a yeah, melodic sense. This kind of just creates more of a sense of atmosphere. And like, I guess not only for this song, but 
I think the the intro they've got for Holy Diver here kind of sets up the atmosphere for the album, I reckon. Because okay. it like whenever whenever I listen to the intro to that song, I kind of imagine the picture on the front of the album cover of the oh, yeah. the big man like kind of is it being whipped being whipped or something, or is just being is in chains or something, and just that scenery. There's a priest or something, yeah. And, yeah, I love. Yeah. Um, but by the way, just on a side note, I love the fact that when Dio gets asked about the imagery on that album, he says, "Well, why don't you think it's a priest killing a killing a demon or whatever it was?" When because obviously the chains is, and the locked up priest huh. is either. It's up to your own interpretation. It's either a demon killing a priest yeah. or a priest killing a demon. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I I don't know. Ed, I don't know. I think Holy Diver's taken this one for me. As as is it terrible oh. of a. Yeah, th- this is kind of like picking a favorite child. It's it's so hard, but yeah, I think Let, I, Holy I, can't, I, I can't say that that's not a fair choice, but I have to go with Children of the Sea. I have to yeah. stick up for the song that I think's you know. A, a really, really like special song. Mm. I mm. said, I said in the intro, this we've had draws on the Great Metal Standoff before, and this battle, I reckon, is going to be so close that it would not surprise me that it ends in one. So that's what's conflicting me because Holy Diver is Holy Diver. The Children of the Sea is definitely the best track on Heaven and Hell. It, it or at least in oh, my yeah. view, it's it's top three. Yeah, oh, for sure, <laughs> definitely top three. Listen. It's oh both God. of these tracks are the best on the album. Best on the album. Both of these tracks. I'm not taking away from either of them. Holy Diver's Holy Diver. I'm just gonna do it. I'm just taking Holy Diver. Yes. It pains me. It really pains me. <laughs> but because it, it hurts. But this one hurts it has to, to be done. not give a point to Children of the Sea because I would give both songs a point if I was given the choice. But. Only one can get it. So that means 2-0 in favour of Holy Diver for me, 1-0 for Imran, and 2-0 in favour of Heaven and Hell for Daniel, our guest bass player for the Tables and Chairs. Next up, Lady Evil versus Gypsy. This one's an interesting one because these, both for me, are like not that they're not great songs, but they're kind of the more forgettable songs in this album for me. And it just so happens that they're both in the same spot on the album. But they're both real funky, just real, like, they're just great bop songs. Yeah. I, this, this one's a bit of a tough one, tough one, just because I kind of don't know what's the better of the two in terms of, like, yeah, I don't know. I, this is another tough one. Uh, help me out I reckon, here. I reckon this one, when I came to comparing these two tracks, I thought, you know what? This one's really well-placed because they kind of serve the same role on their respective albums. They're kind of, you know the sort of fun kind of just, you know, casual rock songs on, you know, each of the albums. Um, And I've got to be honest, Gypsy's probably my least favourite song on Holy Diver. Okay. However, I will say that Lady Evil is probably my least favourite song on Heaven and Hell. Interesting. That's my dilemma as well. Yeah, probably the two songs I care about the least. Interesting. Um, So... It, to give my my vote, I have given it to Lady Evil. Ooh. Purely, the the what's given it the edge was um, Geezer Butler's performance on the bass, which yes. I just think was fantastic. I, yes. I can agree with that. Bopping, the, I called it. It's a very funky, yeah, yeah. It's real funky. It's catchy. You know, it's good. I love um, I love Tony Iommi's uh, guitar riffs when he uses the wah pedal in this. 
Oh, he gives does. It a, he's a gives lot it a bit of a, yeah, gives it a bit of a Van Halen vibe, uh, vibe in my opinion. Uh, yeah, the, this is one of the songs that I wrote down here. It um, like he really lets loose on this song in this guitar solo. Like it, it makes it hard to believe that he like is is missing a finger, because he really like I feel like he really lets loose on this. Whereas um, with Gypsy, the uh, I I don't know. There's something about it that is isn't as catching. Like it's one of those songs that reminds me of a like a summer night driving like in a car. I don't know, like some teen movie or something, but uh, there's something about it that isn't, I don't know, doesn't hit as much as Lady Evil. So I think I'm going to have to give my point to Lady Evil as well. Interesting. I, interesting. I reckon it's, um, I reckon it's actually, it's, it's, uh, it's almost a matter of um, production. Like the overall sound of Heaven yeah. and Hell, um, in my opinion, is a much fuller sound, which I think is strange since Holy Diver was a later album. But um, yeah. I, you know, that's probably down to Iommi's influence as well. And Martin Birch, who produced a lot of Iron Maiden albums, was a producer for Heaven and Hell. Um, oh, was so he? I, you know, yeah, and I feel like he's, you know, was pretty good at his job. And I feel like he gave Lady Evil something, you know, and all the tracks, you know, something that gives him a really full, clean, um, but still, you know, classic heavy metal sound. Um, and, you know, Lady Evil is no exception. Whereas a, a gypsy, yeah, you know, gypsy almost sounds, it almost sounds like before. It almost doesn't sound like a nineteen eighties era track. It you almost sounds it, like it would fit more in the rainbow era right. of Ronnie James Dio. Do you know what Dio described mm. this song as? I've, if you go on Spotify, there's a version of Holy Diver where there's an entire list of an an interview with Dio, and it's split over ten parts. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw that. In one of the in one of the points where he's talking about Gypsy, he described it as Stones-ish. So I'm guessing Rolling Rolling Stones style sounding. Ah, oh, okay. Possible. I'm guessing, but I you yeah hear that kind of not really. Maybe well, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe uh, a little bit. Not particularly, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe that was his idea of his take on a Stones song because because okay. I mean the Dio band and the Stones are two very different bands. Like. Yeah, they, oh, one of, of them is more rooted in blues, mm. and yeah, so maybe it was just his take on mm. that that kind of sound, or yeah, I don't know. This is just my opinion, but personally, now that Dio has since been passed has passed away over ten years ago, if there was ever like a Dio tribute concert, I would love to hear Brian Johnson sing Gypsy because that sounded like something right up ACDC's alley as well. I don't know about you, I just got that yeah. feeling from it, at least vocally. I could hear that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I reckon that yeah. Maybe maybe it'd work. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to tell. Uh, um, I'm not sure. I feel like yeah, I don't know. Anyone who tries to cover a Dio song, be it Rainbow. Oh yeah, that's oh yeah, pretty much. Good luck to them. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, good luck to them. Yeah, exactly. good luck to them. I'm taking. Yeah. Gypsy, I'd never you know. even attempt that. Yeah. Or oh, if, yeah. You, if you did, you'd do it within the vicinity of your own home, and no one can hear you, right? Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Sure. I would I I'd have to be at least fifty kilometers away from society. Yeah, just to be safe. <laughs> very true. And it would be very quietly. Very true. As mentioned, I'm taking Gypsy. You know, hmm. why is that? <laughs> why was that? Uh, once again, I thought Lady Evil was a bit of a weaker song. Bopping, a nice classic rocker, very enjoyable solo. But I don't know that something grabbed me about Gypsy, and it's one of those inexplainable ones maybe it was that whole thing of like ooh, this sounds very like acdc style but it's i don't know 
Just got back inkling, you know? No, I respect that. It's a great song. There's no denying. Yeah. Just before we move on, Daniel, you made a very, you've been making some interesting points about production. It's actually gotten my interest perks a little bit. What makes a great production in an album? Well, it's, it's actually, it's a subjective thing, really. Yeah. Um, I, you know, uh, but I think in the case of th- these albums are from the early 1980s, yes. um, long before any of us were even a thought. Um, but it's you know from whenever i i can only listen to music from this time retrospectively but whenever i do hear it i think the best ones of it are the ones um that have a really sort of wide and full sound um the low end the low like the low end so the bass and you know the lower um notes of the guitar and stuff like that kick drums all sound really um clear and, and stuff like that i think that's the sound that suits this genre. I guess we could call it new wave of British heavy metal. Yes. I know Dio's not British, but I guess he's no. part of that classic yeah. metal sound or whatever. Um, so I, you know, I feel like that's the sound that that's the kind of production that suits those kind of albums the best, the ones that sound clear. And I think if you compare Heaven and Hell to Black Sabbath's previous album, Never Say Die. Mm. you'll pretty easily, you'll see the comparison between a production that sort of sounds a bit thin. Um, you know, the, you know, the, the overall sound, you know, it's not as full of a sound. Um, moving on to heaven and hell sounds very full, um, like a wide spectrum of, of, um, uh, what was, what's the word I'm looking for? Dynamics. So, you know, Dynamics. Okay. you know, heaven and hell, you know, seamlessly goes from acoustic guitar intros to heavy riffs um, with, you know, ambient keyboards on, you know, in the back and that. Um, I, I just don't think Holy Diver, I don't think Holy Diver is a bad production. I just don't think it matches the heights of Heaven and Hell um, or Mob Rules for that matter. I, I don't think it even sounds as good as Mob Rules. Oh yeah. Um, I, I personally like Mob Rules uh, more than Heaven and Hell, but... <laughs> That's, yeah, that's a whole, that's just other, my whole other story. That's, that's, yeah. yeah, that's a whole nother. Let's, this is for another day. Yeah. Hey. Um, but go. yeah, so that's, you know, I, I hope I've explained that as well as I can in terms of what I mean with production. And you, You've given me some homework for after the show. So thank you very much for that. Um, <laughs> next up. But yeah, Matt. but I just, I, sh- I should mention though, um, if I could just jump in, I'd just yep. say like, sometimes production that is sort of rough and thin, sometimes it does work and sometimes it is better, but, I don't think for early 80s, you know, classic metal stuff, mm. I don't think that's the case. But a band like Bathory, for example, mm-hmm. Swedish uh, early black metal band, mm. I want that, you know, thin, rough <laughs> around the edge. So mm. that's, you know, it, there's, there's, it's very subjective. All right. As we pull into the business end of the first half, battle of the album title, Heaven and Hell and Caught in the Middle. This is the easiest pick, honestly, on the entire list here there's you can't go up against heaven and hell and think you're gonna win there's there's no way i caught in the middle is still a uh, fun song caught in the middle was, it's a great song it's one of it's i reckon it's one of the best riffs on the uh on the holy diver album it's got it's it's a very like it's like a classic power metal song you know it's got the it's got all the uh what do you call it all the nuances of just a dear holy diver song of just it's uh, it's, it's a great song but 
Yeah, no, there's no way you can compare any song on Holy Diver against Heaven and Hell and win. It's, <laughs> it just it doesn't happen. No, no Heaven, uh, Heaven and Hell is yeah, unbeatable. <laughs> so both of you are saying Heaven and Hell hands down. Absolutely. Well, and, and, oh yeah. Uh, are you telling me like? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, go I'm on. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna say Heaven and Hell is definitely the winner, hands down. Um, it's you know. I think Children of the Sea is the best song on Heaven and Hell, the album, but the title track is, is kind of embodies what the whole era of Sabbath is all yeah. about. You know, that sound. That, that opening, though, to Heaven and Hell, that opening riff, like, do, like every time that kicks in, that opening riff, it is the most hype thing that's ever existed in the entire world. It's just... Really grand, You listen to it? that and immediately just... Yeah, that's just hype right there. Like I, if I if if I was lucky enough to ever see Heaven and Hell performed live by the original members, I would have died, just on the spot. <laughs> yeah, over dying of excitement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not even kidding. I, yeah. I did. Um, I did manage to see um, Black Sabbath in 2015, and um, yeah, someone, I saw that too. Yeah, some someone in the crowd nearby definitely did shout out Heaven and Hell a few times. <laughs> wanted to hear it and I just nearly turned around and said, mate, Ozzy's he's not going to do that song. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be very interesting to hear Ozzy Osbourne try and cover this song. I know. Yeah, it would be interesting. It would never happen though. Yeah. yeah. Musically speaking on Heaven and happen. Hell. Musically speaking on Heaven and Hell, I had that when I was just taking the notes of it. I also kind of just said, Tony Iommi doesn't need to go so far overboard because Geezer can just lead the way because the way he holds it down is so good. Yeah, uh, it's his best Geezer Butler. It's his best performance ever on this track. This is um, yeah. This song especially is the fast pu- section at the end. Yeah, this song is purely driven by rhythm. Yeah, this like as much as the like the vocals and the guitar is amazing on this song. This song would be nothing without that rhythm section, and that that rhythm section is like is perfect. Well, if it, Caught if in the Middle is an awesome song though. Uh, it's actually a re- it's actually one of my favorites from Holy Diver. Actually, so? I, yeah, oh, yeah. I think I think Dio's fantastic on that track, and it's a great vocal melody on that song as well. Um, yeah, honestly, it could it actually to, for me, Caught in the Middle actually could have beaten out maybe a couple of the tracks off Heaven and Hell. Interesting, um, but not the Heaven and Hell track. Definitely not. Yeah. Do you know what I found really I, interesting in the fun facts section of this little bit of the podcast? I've apparently found out, you might need to confirm if I'm wrong here, but Caught in the Middle was also, the riff for Caught in the Middle was Vivian Campbell's, uh, a so- was a song called Straight, from, Straight Through the Heart from Vivian Campbell's band Sweet Savage. So it's almost a, tran- a, tr- oh. a, ri- a riff that's transitioned from his original band into Dio. Still works quite well. Still a bopper. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Not sure if that sways your opinion, though. But we are all. I've never heard. I've never heard uh, Vivian Campbell's work outside of Dio and Def Leppard. Yeah, me neither. Neither had I. But I just looked up the song. Yeah. Yeah. Similar riffs. Okay. But uh, good to know. We are in agreement here. I also went Heaven and Hell, the title track, and that has done some interesting things to the scores. Uh, For yourself, Daniel, it's it's four nil. I might just say. 4-0 4-0 in favour of <laughs> yeah. heaven and hell. Imran, yep. <laughs> you and I have very similar scores just for in different leanings. Imran, you're 3-1 to one in favour of heaven and hell, and I'm 3-1 to one in Holy Diver. Interesting. Very, very interesting, interesting dynamic. 
Also, mm. if we go into the future, I do have a poll up on our Mosh Pit on Sin Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Mosh Pit on Sin. I put a poll up during the week to see what you guys thought of uh, which album would come out on top. Let's head over to the results in From the Future right now. Welcome to the future, where it is full of shiny diamonds indeed. It is also the place where we put a poll up on the Mosh Pit Facebook page, Mosh Pit at Mosh Pit on Sin, uh, over at Facebook.com. We put a poll up, and now it is time to reveal what you, the listeners, thought of between Heaven and Hell and Holy Diver. And I can reveal that Holy Diver was your album of choice, with 56% of the vote outvoting Heaven and Hell with a result of 44%. Very interesting take from all you listeners at home. Thanks very much for taking part. Let's get back to the battle. Once again, big thanks to everyone in the future for voting on that poll. Now we're in the second half of the Great Metal Standoff, Heaven and Hell vs. Holy Diver. Wishing well versus Don't Talk to Strangers. This one was a bit of a tough one for me because I really like wishing well is a bit of a guilty, not a guilty pleasure, but it's just, it's one of the lesser known songs on this album that I really, really enjoy. I don't know. There's, there's something about it. It, it reminds me of uh, rainbow back when they had deer kind of that era of uh, rainbow. It's a, it's, uh, it's just really boppy. It's catchy. I love the guitar solo. Uh, the kind of sounds like a Hendrix solo. With the the I think he uses he does like a reverse guitar effect on it, but yeah I, that that one's a bit of a bop, but my point's probably gonna have to go to Don't Talk to Strangers for this one. I don't know it's too good it's 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 a like a, it's this big ballad it's beautiful there's mm. there's different parts to it it tells a story it's I don't know beautifully delivered parental advice I called it Don't Talk to Strangers. Yeah, <laughs> I would have to say wishing well is i think probably the most underrated track on mm. heaven and hell yeah um, I, I agree with that yeah and i think the you know even though the, the the vocal performance from dio is one of his one of his best in terms of like the actual the backing vocals that he that he obviously did um a few layers of backing vocals on on it and mm. they just you know give so much more um power to some of those vocal melodies on the on wishing mm. well and Honestly, it's probably one of you know, one of the one of the best songs Black Sabbath has probably done, or or maybe not one of the best, one of the most underrated, definitely. Okay. Um, yeah. But for the first time in this uh, debate, we're gonna have to go with Holy Diver, because Don't Talk to Strangers is a masterwork. Um, oh yeah. It is. Yeah, it is fantastic. Just Dio, just with an absolutely commanding performance. Um, from Don, oh, you know, on that song, and I just, you know, it sort of it, to me, it's probably the highlight of the Holy Diver album. You know, all the songs before it are almost just leading up to that, to that moment. You know, that that you know that uh, quiet melodic intro, just yes. with him singing, fantastic. You know, mm. um, that just it's just a real show of his ability. Um, yeah. I think it's also a a very well put together song. It's like right, right from the beginning, right to the end. There's just so many, there's different parts that just go so well together that make it just a really interesting song. Mm. Like the, 
the actual band coming in, they, they come in at a really weird time. So you don't expect it. And the riff is probably one of the most interesting sounding riffs I've ever heard. The vocals are a bit spooky, a bit menacing ripper of a guitar solo and the part where it, uh, all the band fades out and where it's just uh, vocals. Um, and then the entire band just comes back in with that really cool, like epic riff. It's, it's just a, it's an amazing song. The way it's, I've interpreted yeah, it was kind of, it's very melodic. It's very beautiful. Like for example, the beginning, the opening vocal line, beautifully done, melodic. It kind of pulls you in. It's like this comforting feeling of being pulled in by this beauty and then bang, the riff hits and it's this visceral anger in your face. And it has like that, would that be a, a valid dynamic? Definitely. Yeah. That, yeah, I, I never saw it that way, but that's I I can really see that. I have like a visual experience of the song with if like if that was if there was like a video accompanying yeah. that, it would I guess yeah that would be like the perfect thing to yeah. go along with it. And then visually, I would say yeah. Also, yeah, ahead. yeah, go. No, you I, go yeah, ahead. Um, <laughs> I, I would say don't talk to strangers. Um, you know, for all its glory, uh, actually, some of the dynamic shifts in the song remind me of some of the Black Sabbath. Theo songs. I think that it, it almost has those kind of qualities to it um, in a way. Actually, it kind of reminds me in the beginning, it reminds me a bit of um, Catch the Rainbow from um, the first uh, yeah, album. From the first um, yeah. Yeah, the first Ronnie James Dio Rainbow album with Richie Blackmore. Mm. Um, however, I will say if hypothetically we were talking about Mob Rules tonight, Sign of the Southern Cross is like Oof. Don't Talk to Strangers, yeah, but, but better, I reckon. Right. Um, uh, Sign of the Southern Cross is um, pretty much has that same dynamic flow as um, as Don't Talk to Strangers. You know, there's the quiet, intricate moments. There's the loud, heavy riff moments. Um, I just think it's yeah, it's probably that's probably a better. Jason, track. I but, think I know what your next podcast is going to have to be. It's going to have to be Mob Rules versus The Last in Line. The Last in Line, duly noted. Yeah. Is that, that's Rainbow, correct? Oh uh, no, Dio. Dio. That was oh, the, okay. the next album you did after right, Holy Diver. Right, right, Okay. Yeah. All right, duly noted. Or you could you could you could do Rainbow Rising maybe. Rainbow okay. Rising. Ooh. Mob Rules. Yeah, yeah. Rainbow Rising is also very good. Right. Yeah. yeah. When I'll write that down. What, when we go ahead and do that, I'm bringing you two back in for this. I mean, sequel. already. <laughs> yeah, the sequel. Um, yeah. We've spoken Hell a lot yeah. about Don't Talk to Strangers. I was originally going to go Wishing Well just because of the uplifting nature of it. And that cor- that chorus mm. delivery, you know, whenever you're a star, it, I've actually filmed the lyrics. My apologies about that. Somebody you are, you know, yeah. just where you are. Yeah. The metal you know version of If You I Wish Upon a Star doesn't matter who you are. The metal version. That's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I love that song so much. That's one of my favorite songs on the album. And it's a shame that it's one of the most underrated songs as well because it's, uh, there's something about it that just makes me want to groove every time. It's just, it's a, such a boppy song. I don't call it underrated. When we were speaking about uh, earlier in the podcast when Children of the Sea was the best, I said, Easily top three. My top three is Children of the Sea, Heaven and Hell, Wishing Wells. Oh, yeah. So that's why this one became a bit of a problem for me because I originally did give Wishing Well the point, but this conversation's actually swayed me. 
very easily swayed here, but I've, you've swayed me. Well done, guys. I'm going to give it to Don't Talk to Strangers. There you go. Got to be. That's a, you can't. I don't think this one can be debated. I mean, yeah, I've gone against Holy Diver already. So, you know, I think I've got to, <laughs> the metal gods won't forgive me for another, for another blunder. So. Oh, but, but there's another, there's another sacrifice you might be making later on with it in the podcast, just heading towards the end. But that is then. This is now. We are all in agreement. Don't talk to strangers. Get our point. Next up, Die mm-hmm. Young versus Straight Through the Heart. Not the Sweet Savage song from Vivian Campbell, but the Dio song. Yes, um, Die Young is a Die Young for me. I think it's just one of the most nostalgic songs because that that was my like go to Black Sabbath song back when I was like 12 and 13. It's just like, it's the classic live fast, die young song. Like it's, it's perfect in that sense because it's fast, it's energetic. It's very ominous. I, Dio's vocals in it are just the most powerful on the album. In my opinion, the, I, there's, there's so much to it that I can explain. That's just amazing. The, the bass, the, the bridge that slows right the hell down and adds a piano, which is really interesting and just becomes really nice and melodic only to just hit you back in the face with that really scary, ominous uh, feeling again, and then just go right back into the song. I, Die Young for me, I think is easily going to like kind of a hard pick to be honest, because straight through the heart is also a great song. I just think that Die Young's gonna to, straight through the heart. Yeah. It's got that, it's got that sexy beat to it. It's got the, the, it's just that. Yeah. The thumper that's you know, like the, yeah. the stamp beat. It's a bit, it's a bit bluesy, but it's it's so good. My interpretation for is Die Young is the dreamy, is the dreamy sounding song. Where Straight Through the Heart was the thumper. Definitely the heaven in Heaven and Hell was Die Young, especially when uh, when Imran mentioned that little slowed down, dreamy vibe. I kind of gave the connotation of heaven, which is why I would say the heaven in Heaven and Hell mm. feels like an ascension to heaven. That sort sort of period, Die Young. Would you agree, Daniel? I would agree. Actually, and I, I think that's a good assessment. But um, if Die Young, you know, gives you the, the sense of being the heaven in heaven and hell, then it's, it's a pretty cool way to go, go there. You know, it's a pretty cool way to reach heaven, you know. Yeah. Um, Die Young, um, you know, well, and, yeah, you, you could be right. It, it does have a, um, you know, there's a real melodic sensibility there. It's a real, um, uh, dare I say, fantastical, magical element running through the sounds of the song. Um, there's obviously great classic keyboard sound from um, uh, Jeff Nichols, who I think was the keyboard player on Black Sabbath albums from this album all the way up until the uh, late 90s reunion, I think. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think he was yeah. pretty much... I think he was the only constant member um, or only constant like background member, I guess, um, mm going uh, you know, from this album onwards up until, up until the, I guess, the Forbidden album in 1995. Um, but his keyboard sound, and I think it's uh, on this album, it's most on display in Die Young. Um, I think it was actually mm. a big part of Sabbath sound post Ozzy Osbourne. I actually think it was a pretty, yeah. it was actually pretty, it's, it, you know, it gets, gets a bit overlooked, I reckon. Um, but obviously there's, Great vocals from Dio, excellent guitar work from Iomi. Actually, Dai Young might actually be his best performance on the album. Um, Tony Iomi. Yeah, um, I I could agree with that to to yeah. an extent. 
Yeah, just a, yeah. you know, but maybe maybe from a technical perspective, it's, I think it's probably might just be his best. You know, um, I think this this entire album is like such a reboot for Tony Iommi because going from Black Sabbath, where he's known for his slower like riffs and kind of simpler guitar solos, to so, something as explosive as this as this album is quite jarring, and just oh, like yeah, yeah. It, like for me, just really makes like it just makes me realize that Tony Iommi is like actually such an amazing guitarist and like some people just don't even know it Absolutely. Uh, yeah but um yes I, I would say um straight through the heart is a great song with um an awesome really catchy uh vocal melody I found like it's really you know really so a very accessible track um and, and I really enjoyed it but I don't know Die Young is another one of those tracks that's just a little bit a little bit too I'm just a bit too familiar with it like it's too it's too close to my heart for me to go against it so um, mm. yeah I'll be giving my vote to Die Young definitely same right. here damn I went straight with oh uh, conflicted again <laughs> but straight through the heart <laughs> conflicted again but straight through the heart you feel it deep inside when he mm. delivers that line straight through the heart and then the drums thump you it thumps that mm. point into you even harder I don't blame you for picking that song. It's it's a great, it's a fantastic song. Yeah. I love it. I, I didn't expect that it'd be 5-1 in favour of Holy Diver on my end of the spectrum. But <laughs> great, it's a great surprise for me. But this does not discredit Heaven and Hell in any way because that was a whale of a time to listen to as well. It's just very surprising. I reckon if there was some different orders here, a lot more Heaven and Hell songs would be getting a point from me. I can guarantee you that. Well, it, same goes for me, vice versa. You know, Mel, I guess mm. I'm I'm five to one in favour of he- Heaven and Hell. I suppose. I think so, you are. Yes. yes yep. You. What's um, my score? Am I like I'm mixed up? Four I don't know. two. Four two. Four two. Yeah. Fair enough. Let's see what that That's, does to the scores hmm. from Walk Away versus Invisible. And I can say right out of the gate, I thought. I'm going to just give my point right out of the gate. I thought it was going to be invisible, but it's only because I didn't listen to Walk Away enough times before we went on air because when we did listen to Walk Away before we went on air, I'm like, no, this song's great. That's my point. <laughs> it's it's a fantastic song. I, I think I'm going to give my point, my point to Walk Away as well, this one, because I this one was a bit of a tough one for me as well because Invisible for me is a very... it's. I think it's the most different song on uh, on the Holy Diver album. It's got the um, it's a the the slow and like soulful intro, which uh, like even the singing is like really different. He like Ronnie James Dio sounds really sad and just like it, it sounds really dark, but then just suddenly kicks in and becomes this really like super angsty teen song about moving away from home or something. And they're like as well as the the guitar solo on this song, um, Invisible, is probably one of my favorites on the album. Um, I, there's something about it that's just phrased really well. But I think, yeah, my point's going to have to go to Walk Away because it's just, I, I think Dio like, particularly shines a lot on this song in terms of his vocal uh, performance. I, the, like, there's something about it. He's got like certain, certain inflections and certain things that he does. And plus, catchy as hell. I like this song is just a it's a bop it's yeah walk away that's my point furthermore Ronnie James Dio doesn't sound like a lyricist in Invisible he sounds more like a narrator yeah yeah I can see that 
I actually um, have to give my point to Invisible. I can't believe Ooh. can't believe I'm the one <laughs> holdout sticking up for Holy Diver all of a sudden. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, Walk Away was another one of my favourites that I've heard countless times. Um, always enjoyed it. Th- that little um, Dio vocal inflection in in Walk Away, where there's a few like a him and a few few of his backing vocal tracks as well, just doing that. Oh. Uh, yeah yeah great stuff you know simple you know but something that you know gets you in that rock and roll please you know, state of mind, you know. it kind of makes mm. me think kind of makes me think of an arena sort of and just it's almost i almost feel like i'm hearing his voice echo out around this huge arena you, you mentioned heaps of you know you mentioned arena <laughs> i wrote in my notes is this what inspired guns and roses sound oh wow there you yeah. go okay. yeah True. Um, but yeah, look, I, I got more of a Van Halen vibe from this song. Ah. I, I can hear the Guns N' Roses okay. as well. But yeah, look, I actually I have to give it to Invisible just because I think that riff, uh, the main riff in Invisible, I just think it's really clever the way um, Dio's vocals interlock with that riff. You know, sort of Dio's vocals take up some of the space in between, you know, the, you know, the, in, his vocals take up some of the space in between the riffs. And, there's almost a bit of call and response kind of stuff. And I just think the way that that whole song is structured and arranged is really clever, um, you know, and really just really enjoyable. Just, you know, really, you know, and I just think it's a great vocal line. And yeah. Walk Away is a song I'm more familiar with, but in preparation leading up to this, Invisible was probably the song I kept going back to the most on all of the Holy Diver album. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to give it. I'm gonna have to give stick up for it. Sure, yeah. understandably so. Heavy, it's yeah. chugging. Dio sounds like he's narrating a story. Plus, just from the intro, the synthy intro into the main riff, it just sounds like he's traveling through time in a wormhole to this scene. It's like, yeah, in scene. Let's tell this story, and it's very well done. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Invisible, fantastic, great track. I love it. But Walk Away is also a great track. Yeah. Uh, hence why Imran and I have given our point to walk away and Imran that means you and Daniel are both at 5-2 in favour of heaven and hell it's 5-2 on my side but holy diver there you go Wow. I think we've got a foregone conclusion at this point there's only two tracks remaining on holy diver where there's only one on heaven and hell so the gold star rule will kick in due to the uh, uh, uncontested track but this next one I've been conflicted on various songs all night. This one was a bit of a no contest for me. Lonely is the word versus Rainbow in the Dark. Well, this it's, one's a no, actually, it's a no contest yeah. for me too, but I don't think I'm oh. going to be on your side. <laughs> I, I, now that you've said that, okay. <laughs> I see yeah. where you're going. I, damn, I think I'm the only one who's really tossing up between these two because these two are just like, these are two of like my favorite tracks off of both of these albums. And I don't like, I can't seem to pick like, I don't know, like Rainbow in the Dark is such an iconic song. That's like one of the classic Dio songs. With the, Which, like, funny enough, one Dio of... wanted to get rid of. He almost destroyed the tape for it. Really? He didn't like that song, apparently. I don't know. They wanted to scratch that. I... Huh. Well, I mean, the vocals in it is, like, are so amazing. It's like a, it's such a killer solo, killer riff. That keyboard riff is yeah. so iconic. And it yeah, I'd like... You up from the like yeah like that like there there's not much you can say about the song because it it really speaks for itself 
that it's one of those songs that just it's just it's a hype song and yep you like you're gonna love it but lonely is the word that that song really like off like off of this entire album this this is the only song that really feels like a black sabbath song to me like this feels like back to like master of reality sabbath like with the bluesy like yeah sort of slow yeah doomy it's a slow yeah doomy kind of like it's got that super awesome emotional solo a lot of like a lot of octaves and stuff like the classic iomi stuff it's got like ah someone someone go i i still need time to decide between these two well Uh, i i gotta say my undisputed choice is lonely is the world over rainbow in the dark definitely uh i think lonely is the world is just it's it you cannot finish an album in any better way than like a big epic final song you know with heaps of emotion and yeah um you know and i and i you know i think this you know lonely is the world um along with uh heaven and hell the title track i think is another you know it's an it's another one of those that really define this era of black sabbath this um ronnie james dio era right it's just so it's just so powerful just the performance of dio himself just everything about it like i i I don't know i just you know it's got a brilliant structure to it to it um it's just you know it 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 literally is like the final chapter of a book Mm. you know it wraps it all up and i just think that's fantastic the climax in the the movie it ascends and ascends and ascends and ascends and it pays off exactly yeah. you know it's that final you know moment that's you know the best and, and and look rainbow in the dark it's it's iconic i i can't help but just find it a little bit um it's just a little bit uh cheesy like a little bit you know, <laughs> it's, it's just, just it does seem a little silly um in retrospect which i get you know is there's pretty much not there's no metal band from the 1980s that doesn't have something that they did that people could look back on and find kind of funny. But for me, a rainbow in the dark is sort of, is sort of that moment, but that doesn't mean I don't like it. I, I definitely think it's a great iconic song. Um, I find that keyboard sound to be a bit, a bit average, to be honest. It just, okay. you know, it, it doesn't have a lot of that keyboard sound in rainbow in the dark doesn't have a lot of weight to it. Whereas, you know, die, you know, die young or the other tracks on the, Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell have a great keyboard sound, um, you know. And Lonely in the World, or Lonely is the World, is maybe, maybe just next to Die Young is the best example of that keyboard sound on Heaven and Hell. So I'm looking at two, you know, production production aspects, keyboard sounds, um, just overall structure. Lonely is the World, just can't be beaten on it. Rainbow in the Dark is probably the more well known song, yep. but yeah, Lonely Lonely is the World has it has the win for me definitely compelling case daniel but i'm still taking rainbow in the dark <laughs> i thought i might have had you there thought yeah. I might have had hey there are parts in lonely is the word that really sound like you could put it in a clint eastwood film but no sure. rainbow in the dark <laughs> imran what's your take what's the point uh, this is one of the hardest things i've ever had to do in my entire life I'm not, I'm not even kidding. I it's literally, I, I use, I'm using the word literally as non-figuratively as possible. 
but I think I'm going to have to go with Rainbow in the Dark. Rainbow in the Dark. I, I, I don't like it because, but I, oh, I think I'm going to have to. Okay. It's a, it's official. Okay. Uncontested track. So now we just have to award it the goal, the seal approval of gold star. Would you seek this song out again? Shame on the night of Holy Diver, the final song of the battle. Yes. Holy, holy moly. What a song. Shame on the night is probably my favorite song on, uh, on Holy Diver. Wow. Okay. That's, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. This song just, I don't like, I, every time I listen to this song, I imagine like the entire band on top of a mountain. That's like got thunderstorms and dark clouds over oh. the top of it. I'm and, loving this imagery already. Yeah. It's just, it's such a cool song. Uh, it's, it's like, it's, it's bluesy. It's slow. It's got like, I, I don't know. There's like weird dissonant like chords and stuff. It, it's such an explosive chorus. And my favorite part by far is when those deep, like Gregorian chant harmonies come in. That, that's towards the oh, end, right? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. That part gets me every time. That's that just like really cements the imagery for me of like the band on a mountain, just really like they're like gods on top of a mountain, just commanding the entire world. And I would also like to add right at the end, the there's some laughing, like right in the last few seconds of this song, yeah. there's someone laughing. Kind of sounds like Ozzy Osbourne. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really weird. Uh, I, I doubt it is. Yeah, I doubt it is too, but yeah, yeah. I'm like just saying it kind of sounds That's like Aussie. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You'll take Daniel? But yeah. Um, I've got to be honest, uh, and I, I feel bad saying this now after hearing, after hearing that. <laughs> oh, no. Um, that speech, but <laughs> I've got to be honest, I would definitely not give this song a star. In fact, you know, I think if Dio, if Dio wanted to leave Rainbow in the Dark off the album, I think he should have turned his gaze towards Shame on the Night. Wow. Okay. I actually, I think this that, is the song that maybe feels a bit tacked on at the end. That probably, yeah. I, God damn. Yeah, and I, I, I agree that sort of that chant bit that that you mentioned. Um, I think that's pretty cool. You know, I like that part. You know, I, that's it's a pretty cool element. But honestly, I, I don't know. The song doesn't do much for me. It's sort of, it's a little bit meandering. I think. Mm. Um, but that's look. That's me personally. Um, you know, so I, no, I don't. Yeah, this no. is. I think every time I listen to Holy Diver, I'll pretty much stop at Rainbow in the Dark. Mm. Gotta be honest. So yeah, no, damn. This is the no first star, time I've. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I've been personally attacked. No, 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 no. I'm so kidding. Run, but based on the case you made, you've given it a star, haven't you? Hundred percent, yeah. Hundred percent. Okay, so did I, but for a completely different reason because I thought it sounded like the soundtrack of the spy film, at least in the beginning. The dun dun dun. Oh yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. And I liked the background. Yeah, could... No, yes, yeah, okay. No, I was gonna say I could see that in a like in a super mysterious kind of yeah setting. Right. I re and another thing, I really enjoyed the the whole idea behind the songs. I heard Dio was saying it's kind of that. Night is that period of the day or the period of night. It's where all the, the dark thoughts start festering. So it's visualizing mm. night, giving it like a human character personification, if you will, and shouting shame on you at it. And that I really like as uh, imagery. Yeah. That. that, that I feel like I, 
I, to be honest, I wasn't particularly listening closely to the lyrics as I was kind of like, I think with the music, that kind of really helped the imagery for me. But now that you tell me that the song's kind of about that, it uh, it really helps the imagery of them on a mountain kind of <laughs> being godlike. Screaming being at like, the guy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's That's pretty epic. And with that, our analysis of these two superb, like superb albums Absolutely. is complete. Yeah. Time to give some grand points out there. Let's start with myself. And that was, for me, for me, I didn't expect this. I genuinely thought it'd be much closer, but I do believe it's just because some of my favorites went up against some all-time greats. It is seven to two in favor of Holy Diver. So that's one, one grand one for me. Ooh. Daniel? Six two uh, for Heaven and Hell. Yep, absolutely. Heaven and Hell, one of the best sounding albums of the bygone days. Um, one of the best Black Sabbath albums. If you know, maybe the second best, just behind Master of Reality. Um, I don't know. It just can't be beaten. Holy Dive is iconic, but Heaven and the Hell, Heaven and Hell's just it's got it. It's got the win for me, fair and square, in my opinion. Right. So now it's the decider, and that is Imran. It was a very close one for Imran, but I can confirm that his score was five to four with the winner being heaven and hell. Therefore, the winner of this classic Dio battle is heaven and hell. Tough choice. Very, very tough choice, but I I think heaven and hell was, yeah, that that was the winner. And I, yeah, I agree with that. This has been my favourite battle to date. I can say that. I believe, I believe Ronnie's, Ronnie James Dio's favourite album was Heaven and Hell as well. So no. if he could throw his wow. hat into the debate, I believe he'd be, <laughs> he'd be, he'd be all right with this. Man, I would <laughs> love to talk to Ronnie James Dio. Oh, well. But seriously, Dio, complete and utter legend. He has made these two albums are just entire they're phenomenal i am struggling to come up with the words just because these two are masterpiece albums don't worry about the victory and who won or who lost but do let us know who you would have picked to win this but seriously be sure to give both of these albums a listen if you haven't already because they are truly phenomenal as we begin to wrap up here great albums aren't they amazing such a tough choice but just amazing albums so once again imran thanks for stepping into the Coliseum once again. We'll be seeing you again soon. And of course, Hell Daniel, yeah. thank you very much for being our guest no this worries. evening on I the Brave Metal Standoff. Glad yeah, you enjoyed thanks. it. Yeah. As we wrap up, just a final big plug. Uh, just tell us once again, everything that you need to know about your band, Table and Chairs. Table and Chairs, alternative rock bands, Melbourne. Come see us play when COVID is over. Uh, we've got an EP out. Table and Chairs EP, it's on Spotify. Got a new single out, I Still Need You, coming out July 30th. Uh, Should be pretty cool. Thanks for coming in. Cheers, thanks. You know what? I'm still questioning some picks. Maybe I should have just gone with Children of the Sea. But alas, we have decided that Heaven and Hell was the album where Ronnie James Dio rocked harder. This discussion was extremely fun to take part in, got to learn some new things, and I was even assigned homework on air, and I graduated high school three years ago. A massive thanks once again goes out to Daniel Cesarini for joining myself and Imran for this battle. If throughout our chat 
His band Table and Chairs has perked your interest. They currently have a self-titled EP available on Apple Music and Spotify. Plus, to stay up to date, give them a like at facebook.com forward slash table.n.chairs, chairs spelt with two S's, where you will be the first to know about their upcoming single, I Still Need You, out on the 30th of July. And with that, another great metal standoff is in the books. Who would have you picked between Heaven and Hell and Holy Diver? Got any battles we should try out and match in the future? Tell us at facebook.com forward slash metal standoff pod and keep up to date with Sin's metal show Mosh Pit Thursday nights at 8pm, 90.7, DAB Plus or your preferred device at syn.org.au at facebook.com forward slash mosh pit on Sin. I've been Jason. Till next time, metal up your ass. <laughs>